Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Can we take this song together? All glory must be to the Lord. For he is worthy of a praise. No man on earth should give glory to himself. Glory must be to the Lord. All the glory, all the glory must be to the Lord. For he is worthy of a praise. No man on earth should give glory to himself. All the glory must be to the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all honor. We give you all adoration. We thank you because you are the one that works in us. Both to will and to do of your own good player. We thank you for the abundance of grace. We thank you for We thank you for your love. We say we are exalted in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, we ask that you come and teach us today in the name of Jesus. Reveal yourself to us in your word in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus mighty name we are prayed john chapter 10 and verse 10 today we want to look at the role of grace in abundance john chapter 10 and verse 10 to avoid any disruptions i'll be reading all scripture from my hand praise god just make sure you are reading along with me this has been our anchor scripture for the past three days i mean for the past three sundays in our, this is the month of our abundance, month of June 2023. And we into the abundance of life. And one of the many things, okay, let's read the scripture, John 10, 10. Now, there is the Lord Jesus speaking here. He said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy the thief has come but for to steal and to kill and to destroy but he said i am come that ye may have life and that you might have been abundant this is the vision statement of the lord jesus he said two things are central one that you may now what this means is that before the lord jesus came men didn't have life praise god what men had was death According to the word of God, God said that if you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. So the nature of man before the Lord Jesus came was death. But Jesus said, I am come to restore life to you. And it's important to understand the difference between these two. It is not just about a status or a state. Life and death is not just about transition. It is not just about a state, but a nature that has great implications for the products of that nature. Praise God. It is the presence of death as a nature that leads to death physically. It is the presence of death as a nature that leads to sickness. 
it is the presence of death that leads to lack. It is the presence of death that leads to evil of any kind. That leads to disobedience to God. That leads to being under the authority of the devil. Death. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Notice that I have come to take away death from you and give you a nature that is called life. Now, he now said that when you receive this nature called life, there is something that must happen to you as a result of it. And that is that you must have abundance of life. That you must be able to reproduce this life. That this life must be able to bring forth results in your life. That the same way death reigned, praise God, through sin, that I have come that you will receive life, and that this life now may reign through righteousness. And bring forth results for you. This is the vision of the Lord Jesus. That you should receive life. Now, everyone that has received the Lord Jesus has received life. The Bible says this is the record of God. And we believe that he has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So if you are a believer, you have received eternal life. Now, if you enter the life, you have also received the ability to produce out of this eternal life. Praise God. It is the life in you that will produce results or say that will bear fruits that will make us know that there is life in you. The life that you have received is intended to bring forth fruits or say intended to reproduce. Now, if this life is going to reproduce, something must make it possible. Don't forget, Jesus said that I have come that you may have life and that you might be able to reproduce it. Something is required for you to be able to reproduce life. Something. Requirement for you to be able to reproduce life. And as long as this requirement is missing, you may not be able to reproduce. Don't forget, I have told you that every time you hear might in the scripture, it shows that there is a condition to be fulfilled. Jesus didn't say, I have come that they may have life. I have come that they will receive life. And they shall have it abundantly. No, he didn't say that. I have come that they might receive life conditionally. That when they do what they are supposed to do, they will receive life. And that when they are able to do what they are supposed to do, they will be able to reproduce life. Might, not shall. There is a difference. Might shows that there is a condition. Something that makes it possible. Shall means that it is unconditional. When you read the scriptures, it will help you understand and interpret the scriptures better. Shall mean that it is unconditional. So the Bible says that the Lord shall bless you. It is unconditional. What if the Bible says that they might receive eternal life? It is conditional. Based upon something. There is a condition attached to it. So your reproduction of life, even though this is a amount of abundance of life, your reproduction of life is based on a condition. Something is necessary or say important if you are going to receive this life. Praise God now. John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1 from verse 12. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they might have it abundantly. And then let's see John chapter 1 from verse 12. It says, Oh, John 1 12. I'm there now. It says, For as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. As many as received him, to them gave he life. And as a result of this life, they became the sons of God. John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That you have received eternal life. And as a result, you have become a son of God. It says, even to them that believe on his name. Now, verse 13. It says, which were born of God, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man of God. Verse 14. It says, and the word, that is the Lord Jesus now, the word which God spake became flesh, and says he dwelled amongst us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. Now, hear this. Full of grace and truth. Praise God. The world became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That the Lord Jesus, when you tie this to John 10:10, 10, 10, that came so that you can have abundance of life was full of something it is called grace and truth and don't forget he said that you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free the truth brings about freedom introduction of the truth knowing the truth brings about what freedom but your experience of freedom is based on the second part two things lord jesus is filled of two things according to the scripture now he is full of grace and he is full of truth now when you know the truth, it will set you free. But your continuous experience of the freedom and reproduction of the freedom is based upon the second thing the Lord, of, the Lord Jesus is filled with, and that is grace. Praise God. Praise God. And verse 16 says, verse 15 says, John bore witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spoke. He that comes after me is for he was before me. And 16, and of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth came by the Lord Jesus. Grace and truth. You will notice something very important about these, two, these scriptures. That the Lord Jesus was full of grace and truth. And that grace and truth came by him. Now, the Bible is saying that there is a relationship between grace and truth. Such that one will lead to the other. There is a relationship between grace 
and what? Truth. Such that one must automatically lead to the other. And that is why they are used in conjunction together. Now, if you tie this to John 10, 10, I was saying that the Lord Jesus has come so that you may have life. But he says that he came and is full of grace and truth. So when you receive the Lord Jesus, you receive the Lord Jesus that is full of what? Grace and what? Truth. It is by the grace of God that you were saved, isn't it? But this grace was only made activated in your life when you heard the truth, and that is the gospel. So know this and no peace now. That grace and truth work hand in hand. The Bible didn't say grace and prayers. Didn't say grace and speaking in tongues. Didn't say grace and fasting. Didn't say grace and efforts. Didn't say grace and activity. Grace and truth. That the activation and experience of grace lies in truth. The and experience of grace lies in what? Truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. We are saved by grace. His propitiation, his atonement on the cross of Calvary made grace available to us. But unless we are aware of this truth, we would never be able to experience the grace. So take it or leave it. You have received the Lord Jesus that is full of what? Grace and truth. And if it is indeed that the Jesus you have received is grace, is full of grace and truth, what this means is that you are also full of what? Grace and truth. Now, the fact that you have experienced, you have received grace is not just um, important. But you must understand how to experience this grace. Don't forget, we're talking about the role of abundance in, the role of grace rather, in abundance. If the Lord Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and be able to reproduce it. Now you have received him. You have life. How then are you able to reproduce it? I. To reproduce life. That is to manifest as a son of God. To bear fruit. To experience God. Lies in the activation of grace. That you are. Have grace in you enough? There must be an experience of grace. There are many Christians that are filled with grace and be filled with grace. You have received an abundance of grace, but it is never enough because the reproduction of life is conditional, not automatic. Uh, the experience of grace in you is conditional and not automatic. And so, if you are unable to experience grace, you will not be able to experience abundance. Just so we settle it now, grace is not unmerited favor. Do not let anyone lie to you. Grace is not unmerited favor. If we call grace unmerited favor, what then would we call mercy? 
Let's not mix things up. We'll find out what grace is other. Much later. John chapter 15, from verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. I'll be reading from my end. John, the gospel according to St. John chapter 15, from verse 5. It says, this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. He said, I am the vine, you are my branches. He that stays in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do. I am the true vine. If you stay in me, remember, I am full of grace and truth. That is Christ Jesus. If you stay in Christ Jesus, remember that he is full of grace and truth. Then you are able to do. Notice, grace able to do something because of grace in you. So, grace enables you to be able to do something. Grace is what makes it possible for you to be do, able to do anything at all. It's as if you abide in me. That's this now. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and as wither. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are born. Verse 6. If a man abide not and is widowed, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are born. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. I am the vine. Abide in me. I am full of grace. So abide in me. Can somebody say abide in Christ? So, this is one of the reasons why the Bible says you have received the abundance. Okay, Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Then we will understand the scripture very well. That if it is the Lord Jesus you receive, he is full of grace and truth. And so this makes you full of what? Grace and truth also. And according to the, the words of the Lord Jesus himself, if you can stay in him where there is abundance of grace and truth, you become able to do something. So grace is an enabler. Grace is a what? An enabler. And the reason grace is not unmerited favor is because somebody paid for it. Somebody paid for it. Someone. If Jesus didn't die to receive the grace of God, so he paid for it. And contrary to popular belief, grace is an enabler, not a rewarder. Praise God. We must not make mistakes with these things. Grace is an what? And not a rewarder. Grace enables, not rewards. Grace can connect, can help you connect, can enable you, but it doesn't reward. And so to call grace unmerited favor is to say that grace 
has rewarded the person with a favor that he does not deserve. But that's not what grace is. He's an enabler. It makes you become able to do something. Romans 5.17. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Now, listen to this scripture very well. It says, For if by one man's offense, death reign by one. Who is this one man the Bible is talking about? Adam, of course. It says, If by one man's offense, that is, if by Adam's offense, that reign by one. It says, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. They shall reign in life by one. How did they receive this abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness? By one, Christ Jesus. So you don't have a problem of grace. Hear this. You have you probably have the problem of activation of grace. You don't have what? You don't have a problem of grace. No, 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 no. It is not that you don't have enough grace. What you do not have, however, is the truth to activate the grace you have. Because truth, and the truth now is the word of God. Truth plays an essential role in making grace active. Because truth gives back to faith and faith beats back to results. So, in the activation of truth is essential. It says, how much more they that have received the abundance of grace. Look at the scripture very well. And the gift of righteousness, it says they shall reign in life by christ jesus okay let me read the amplified version amplified says for if because of one man's trespass laughs offense death reign through that one person it says much more surely will those who receive god's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through the one man jesus christ so it is through Jesus that we have received grace. Not through any of our efforts or activities. I am of the personal opinion, as noted by the scripture now, that no man can pray for enough grace. Because the Bible cannot say that you have received the abundance of grace through Christ Jesus and then go to God Asking him for the exact same thing that is what I said you have received in abundance. It is an error. What you can do, however, is to activate the grace. This one you can do. What we can do is to activate the grace. I receive abundance of grace through Christ Jesus. Can somebody say, I have abundance of grace? I have abundance of grace. I lack nothing. It says, when you have this abundance of grace, it is meant to make you reign as a king in life. 
see again here that grace has a responsibility to help you do something because the reigning as the king is not something that is automatic see again how much more they that have received the abundance of grains and the gift of righteousness it says they shall reign in life so it is a must for you to reign in life it is the mind it is a must for you to reign in life because of the abundance of grace that is that is in you in who in christ jesus who is going to reign you and so to sit down in your room and waiting for grace to continue to reign by itself is an error to sit down in your room and wait for everything to come and drop at your laps in the name of grace is an error in fact to do substandard things and expect kings and queens to come and take it from you because of grace is an grace enables you to do things as kings would do so please stop using grace to explain substandard things praise god no no no, no. enables grace connects Yeah, grace connects. No matter how much you've been blessed, if you don't give value for the money people pay you, you will get more customers. Please. And that is not a fault of God. If you don't give value, let's say you have a shop you. You have a business, you offer people products, you offer people services. If they're not getting value for what they're paying, you're going to lose, you're going to lose business. You're going to lose customers. So you can't say because I have grace, I'm beginning to do things in a substandard way. No, the grace of God in you enables you to do, do things as king queens, enables you to reign. So you can create a standard, a standard beyond anything ever seen because you have an abundance of what? Grace. Not open to create something substandard and hoping that somehow because you pray, because you fast, or because you have heard that you have grace, that it's, you are just going to buy it. No! Grace enables you to walk. Can somebody say that to himself? Grace enables me to walk. Grace enables me to reign. I am the one who's going to reign. So what then is grace? What then is this thing called grace? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Again, this is Apostle Paul speaking here. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Hear this. What you are at the moment is as a result of the grace of God that you are able to activate in you. Maybe I need to repeat this. The grace of God that you put to work in is what makes you what you are and not just the prophecies. So if you like, engage in activities do effort but if you don't know how to activate grace there is a lift automatically to what you can achieve 
Apostle Paul said, I'm what I have by the grace of God. Can you boldly say that? When you look at your life, can you say it is the grace of God that is so wonderful that you are in that junction of your life because of the grace of God, by the grace of God? Because like it or not, the grace of God is immeasurable in nature. It enables a man to remain substandard. It enables men to become kings. And this is what abundance means. This is what abundance of life means. That you, a son of God, reigning on the earth. That you have gone from becoming uh, just a, a being birthed by faith to a being experiencing the living power of faith. There's a way Romans chapter 1 verse 17, the Passion Translation puts it. He says, the continual revelation of the gospel of God moves us from being a being that is born by faith to a being that experiences the living power this itself is the work of grace so if grace is not a mental favor grace is uh is an enabler Grace is not a rewarder. It is not an approval of bad standard. What then is grace? Grace is the immeasurable provision of God to meet any need you may have. Grace is an immeasurable provision of God to meet any need you may have. This is why the Bible says that if you have the abundance of days in you, you have all that you need to live like a king. And this thing about living like a king didn't just start now. It's that, this is the original plan of God. Let us create man, Genesis 1.26. Let us create man in our own image and after our likeness and let them reign as kings. Or in other words, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. So there is the grace of God in you that is able to have dominion. But she must know how to activate it. Praise God. Now, before the Lord Jesus came, grace was a concept that was not entirely new to the world. Certain men have experienced grace in the past. But we look at one man today because of our time. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. And we're going to see what grace did in the life of this man. Genesis 6 and verse 8. There was a man called Noah. Maybe I should read now. Genesis 6 verse 8. It says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hear this. That uh, there was a time where the whole world was in desire, and he repented God that he had created man. 
and verse 7. It says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the heart, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the hair. For it repents me that I have made them. But look at this. God, uh, God began to look for a way to habituate the heart after he had destroyed all mankind. And then he found Noah. The Bible says, uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One is that the eyes of the Lord went searching to and fro. So it was not like Noah found grace. It was a grace that was imputed into Noah. Hear this. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's understand this. So the eyes of the Lord was going to and fro, seeking whom he may habituate the heart through. Looking for that one man, at least that one man, that is able. And he found Noah. And when God saw Noah, he imputed grace into him. And so the Bible said, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. And as a result of this grace, the Bible says that God called Noah a just man. No, see, it is not possible for any of the flesh to be just. Because even as at this time, there was no law to justify men. So Noah couldn't have been just. Please, let's not... Um, uh, Argue about this. Hear this. There was no law to justify Noah. This was a time where sin was in the world, but sin was not accounted unto men because there was no law. So there couldn't have been a law to justify Noah by. But the Lord called Noah just and perfect. Why? Because he has found grace. Or say, because grace has been imputed into him. And as a result of this grace, he became able to preach the gospel. Praise God. He became able to preach the truth that God is about to destroy. Eh? And he became able to construct the ark. The Ark of Noah is still one of the great wonders of this world. I think I think it was discovered some years back. Since that time, the Ark was discovered though in ruins and it's still being revealed. Just imagine since that time. It's been over 2,000 years since the Lord Jesus died. Now imagine since that time of Noah, but the Ark was found. What are we saying? That grace enables a man to be able to do what God intends for them to do. So grace made it possible for Noah to become a messenger and ambassador for God. Praise God. Mm -hmm. And in the end, only himself and his family were saved. So Noah became a means. The gospel which Noah was preaching now became a means where the whole world was judged. So that is to tell you that the issue of being justified was not because Noah was a very nice man or a very pure man. No, it was God that called him just and as a result became what? Perfect. And how did God, why did God call him just? Because he found grace. Hear this. The mere calling him just is an action of grace. Don't forget that grace is the immeasurable provision of God to meet any need. So the need of Noah at that time is a renewed status with God. And God gave him that status. You are now a just and perfect man. Praise God. This grace and abundance of it is what Romans 5.17 says you have received. 
an abundance of it. So take it or leave it. You have not, you have what it takes to reign as a king in this life, regardless of your situation right now. See, it doesn't matter whether you went to school or not, whether you are the best school or not. No, these things don't matter. What really matters is knowing this first that you have received the abundance of grace and that it can be activated. So your major thing should be, how will I now activate this grace that is in me? And sincerely speaking, there is one major activator of grace. And it is truth. Praise God. It is what? Truth. And when I say truth now, I mean revelation of the world. Because the word of God is the what? The truth. So when the word of God is revealed to you, praise God. Praise God. I'm sorry. Um, do excuse me. I had a little glitch with the connection there. And this is what I'm saying. That grace is an enabler. And the Bible says that you have received grace. An abundance of it. And this grace that you have received is able to help you okay build something on this earth is able to help you reign as the king in this life so you have what it takes to experience abundance you just need to know the truth know the truth you don't find it interesting that it is by mere preaching that you receive the abundance of grace <coughs> excuse me that by mere teaching or preaching you receive the lord jesus but is this your introduction to the truth that we activate grace this is why Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says, As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus, so walk ye where? In him. That the same way you receive the Lord Jesus, that the same way you receive the truth, you found out the truth and you received him. It's the same way you have to walk in him. Then you'll be able to live as a king. So the reason that grace is not working out well for you yet, it's because you have it, uh, or you, you have a wrong perception about grace and you don't you have not found the truth. Now, this is the truth that there is eternal and you are full of abundance of grace, and sincerely speaking, you can reign in life. Your background does not matter, your educational status does not matter, none of those things matter. None of the early standards for reigning matters. What matters, however, is the amount of truth that you are exposed to. So ultimately, what will determine whether you are able to reign or even whether you are able to experience abundance of life is the amount of truth that you are experienced to. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Last leaders are scripture for tonight. And then we'll pray. Second Peter 1, 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Grace and peace be multiplied. 
to you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus. Here verse 3. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to living and godliness. That you have received all things that pertains to living in this life and godliness to become able to perform like God. Please, do you think that God would be able? I mean, do you think that God would do substandard things? Do you think that God would do below the path things and expect men to just take it like that? No. That there is a divine power of God that is in you. That has given you all things that pertain to living and godliness. But if you do not know how to use grace or how to activate grace, you may not experience these things. Now, how did you say you are going to experience all things that pertain to life and godliness? It says, through the knowledge of him that has called you to glory and virtue. And who is him? The Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus said, I am the truth. The way and the life. That you have grace. Yeah. It is abundant. Yes. There is no need for you to pray for it. Yes. What you will need to pray for, however, is how to activate grace. And that's what we're going to be asking for tonight. The Spirit of the Living God, teach me to activate the abundance of grace in me. Because as long as you are unable to grace in you, you will not be able to experience abundance of life. Praise the Lord. Are we ready to pray? And we're going to pray tonight and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me to activate the grace that you have given to me. In the name of Jesus. Can we begin to pray? In the name of Jesus, Father, help me to activate the abundance of grace that you have given unto me. In the name of Jesus.